Hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome, Rivals. I am your host, Maximilian X, and you're listening to Game Rivals. We are back again this week with another fun-filled, maybe? Um, at least it's filled with news, and a bunch of it. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit short. Uh, it's going to be omitting uh, what I've been playing, but it will be back next episode. Um, there are a bunch of uh, news to talk about, a lot of points to hit. Uh, so I'm just not going to dilly-dally anymore. I'm going to jump straight into things when it comes to the news, because we got a lot to talk about. PlayStation acquiring a new studio. Techland is seeking to get information on whether or not people are interested in Dying Light 3, maybe, perhaps. Nintendo doing an Indie World Showcase. Bunch of people getting laid off again in the gaming industry and so much more. But let's just dive right into like the first piece of news that, well, I mean, at this point, people were expecting and has finally been confirmed. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed until 2024. Now, this is not to say that it's going to be a really long wait. It's I think it's like an additional 10 months or so. So it's been delayed to February 2nd, 2024, which is very early in the 2024 cycle. So that shouldn't be too much of a problem. What might be a problem, though, however, is that it is being delayed so that they can work out kinks and bugs and make it look good. Um, If you're thinking that it's going to have impact on the gameplay, uh, probably not. because it's not enough time to change fundamental things about the gameplay, especially stuff like battle passes and microtransaction-related stuff, and making it a looter shooter for some reason. Um, Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't know if they can make stuff happen. I don't know if they can change stuff, but there you go. Um, They put it on the official uh, Twitter with, you know, one of those PNGs with, like, image of the game and stuff like that, and the information that they put on there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, this was already rumored to be happening uh, by uh, Jason Schreier, who reported on it first, like, pretty soon after the gameplay reveal uh, from, like, what, uh, two months back? Or a month ago? A month and a half? Um, what is time? <laughs> What is time? Uh, so, yeah, it's it's something that people were expecting for it to happen. They just, we, it wasn't really clear on how long the delay was going to be. First, there was talk of it still being this year. And then there was talk that it was going to be delayed until next year. And next year is such a big and ominous thing to say. Is it a couple of months into the new year? Is it? like way into the in, into the into the following year well now we know officially we know so unless we have another delay beyond february 2nd 2024 for whatever reason uh assume that it's going to come out on that date but then again this is the gaming industry and games do get delayed for usually good reasons um hopefully uh we will see when the game comes out how it end eventually pans out. And yeah, don't expect a lot of changes, but assume that at the very least, 
it'll run good. <laughs> I, just, I don't know what to make of that one. Um, but I do want to do know what to make of this news. PlayStation to acquire AAA multiplayer developer Firewalk Studios. Uh, it will be the 20th PlayStation Studios team. Wow, they have 20. Wow, they have 20 developers under their belt already. All right. Um, yeah, so PlayStation has agreed to acquire Firewalk Studios, a AAA developer that is working on a live service game for the PlayStation 5 and PC. Now, if you're wondering who they are, this was a newly formed team that was that announced that they were made that are working on stuff uh, back in April 2021. Um, and yeah, they made the commitment that they were going to be working on uh working on a sony uh, a sony exclusive at uh, sony and pc exclusive for the playstation 5 and basically kind of like what happened with haven studio uh they got bought um before even releasing one iota of a game that's that that's the, the amount of confidence that playstation has in this team uh, and in the pedigree, by the way, because it was formed by a number of Bungie veterans, including the studio head Sony Su uh, and game director Ryan Ellis, uh, both working on, uh, well, Destiny and uh, Ryan Ellis, previously creative director at Bungie. Um, so, yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, it's going to be their 20th PlayStation Studio studio. Nice number. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, considering that Sony has been really focusing on like increasing their live services portfolio, this is not that big of a surprise. In fact, one might say it's expected that they would do something like this since they bought Bungie for pretty much the same reason, right? So now they have a game in Destiny where it's a live service, but also the technology behind it that they can use in other live service games that they want to make in the future. Now that they have uh, acquired Firewalk, that is even more talent that has done that before. It is kind of funny that they're Bungie veterans, so basically now they're, I guess they're co-workers again in that kind of, <laughs> in that kind of way. I mean... They don't work for the same studio, but they do work for the same publishing arm. Uh, so, yeah, make of that one what you will. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, with Sony, at least you can say, like, they are really pulling their ta the, the, the talents together to, of, for the things that they really want. And in this case, it's his life game services. Don't expect life game services to go away. It is a thing, and it'll stay a thing until it becomes unprofitable, which it probably won't, at least not in our lifetimes, um, or ever. <laughs> um, but from a former, from currently new to PlayStation to formerly at PlayStation, uh, got to talk about this whole layoff thing going on at Meta uh, pertaining to two very specific uh, developers, the, the development studios, Ready at Dawn and Dawnport Interactive. Uh, they've uh, recently had massive layoffs uh, at Meta. And uh, yeah, that kind of sucks uh, because they have been working uh, for Meta uh, 
as game studios working on VR games for the Meta Quest, the Oculus Rift, the VR headsets that they make for that they make for Facebook. Um, so yeah, like, uh, yeah, Ready at Dawn worked on like Lone Echo Two and Echo VR, um, and then Downpour uh, worked on a VR shooter Onward. And from what I at least heard, those games were actually not half bad. But they're also VR games, so, you know, smaller pool of gamers. The weird thing is, if you're going to be focusing on, like, the VR stuff, why would you fire them instead of, I don't know, bolstering their teams or giving them more, like, room to grow to make better games to make your VR headset more attractive to like players because now like mark zuckerberg is all like yeah yeah the metaverse and oh geez the metaverse is so stupid the metaverse is such a stupid thing it makes no sense whatsoever it's you can't even call it a fancy uh second life because at this point i have to believe that second life is way more fancier than anything that Meta Horizons or whatever it's called uh, can serve up. And that is saying a lot because they're basically kind of the same. It's just people hanging out, doing weird stuff. And, well, in terms of like Meta Horizons, not a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. Uh, great. Great job, Meta. Just leaving people off. I really hope that they get the, you know, jeez. I really hope that they uh, land on their feet, the people that got laid off, and that they end up at better jobs than they currently were at. Because, yeah, it is very sucky. It is very sucky. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, who knows what's going what's gonna to happen with, with, with those teams in the end, right? Because if their focus is on, like, the metaverse, if they start focusing less and less on, you know, actual games, then who knows how long those studios have left at Meta? Like, how much time do they have left before they get disbanded entirely? Hopefully, what you would think would happen is that they just sell them off so that they can actually stay a team and work on games that actually matter to them somewhere else. Or which is very unlikely, they do what Bungie did and buy themselves out of their contracts and just, you know, pack their bags and leave Meta. Like Bungie did with Activision. Um, and this will be the only time we're going to uh, mention Activision, I hope. Yeah. Um, so, from something less annoying and sad to something more interesting and intriguing. So Techland sent out a survey uh, recently to their uh, to their players, um, wanting to know. Well, actually, they didn't send out a, a survey as much as they did a Twitter poll on their Twitter account. Um, yeah, that's what that's right. Um, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, asking players like who they'd like to see as the next protagonist of a potential dying light tree. Also disclaiming that this is not an announcement for Dying Light 3. Um, they've been trying, they've seemingly been trying to gain some 
uh, leeway, headway. How would you even call that? Um, they've been curious. Yeah, let's put it that way. They've been curious as to wanting to know what people are interested in, right? In terms of like a potential dark light, uh, dying light three. Why did I say dark light? Dying light three. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so dying light three is not happening anytime soon. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that Dying Light 2 did well enough for them to be like, eh, let's put out the feelers. Let's see what people would like to know, would like to have as their protagonist. And, uh, yeah, it is, uh, do I have that here? Uh, no, I do not have that here. Yeah, they have been asking that around on people on Twitter. So if you, why do I not have that here? All right, it's fine, whatever. Um, so yeah, they've been asking around on our Twitter page, and yeah, people are still very much interested in seeing a dying light tree, which is good for them. Um, which means that the you know the, the audience wants a new game, which is good for Techland. That means that they have something to work with and inspire them and put the fire underneath them and, you know, get them to start working on stuff. I won't say, I won't say that I don't think that they're not doing stuff like pre-production wise because I don't know. Um, but I will say that if they're pulling like this, at the very least, considering that they're just a developer, we know what their next game is most likely going to be, and it's most likely going to be Dying Light 3. Whenever it gets announced, officially, <laughs> whenever they are going to do that, that's going to be very uh, fun to see for those that are very interested in the game. Me, myself, personally, I have played the first Dying Light uh, on PC through game... Uh, through game... Jeez Louise. I say game. I mean GeForce Now. I wanted to say Game Pass. <laughs> but GeForce Now. So I've been playing it through GeForce Now a little bit. And it's not bad. It's fun. It's good. Uh, I don't hate it. It is interesting. Um, good controls, by the way. Really good controls. Um, characters are written in an interesting manner. And yeah, the exploration, the combat, not bad. So if two was... I know that people they had their... They had their things with two, but overall, I think in general, people did enjoy playing Dying Light 2. And they're working, of course, on new stuff for Dying Light 2. So I think until Dying Light 2 reaches a point where they stop actively supporting it, we're not going to be hearing anything about Dying Light 3. So as long as people are playing Dying Light 2, Dying Light 3 is not going to be announced officially. Moving on from that, though, back to PlayStation. So Horizon Forbidden West's DLC is about to hit, uh, or if you're listening to this, I think it's already out. Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores uh, is going to come out, uh, or is out by the time that you're listening to this. But it also comes, as always, with a patch. And this patch actually adds a bunch of cool new modes. Uh including enlarging subtitles, auto pickup, color blindness settings, auto cam camera, and navigation assist in focus mode, which is really cool. They added a bunch of accessibility features to this. 
one of the accessibility features that they also added to it was a feature for people that have an intense fear of deep bodies of water, um, which is known as thalastophobia. Wow, that is a word. So thalastophobia is a fear of deep bodies of water. Um, and how they combat this with this uh, enabled is that you have uh, very clear visibility uh, underwater and that you can breathe indefinitely regardless of story progression. So I haven't played Forbidden West yet, but I do know that there are swimming parts in Forbidden West. So I am assuming that there is an item that you get in the game that allows you to breathe longer underwater or yeah, or breathe underwater period. And now with this feature, it's on by default. You don't have to get the item to breathe underwater indefinitely. Which is pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of the grounded feature that uh, has like the arachnophobia mode, where it turns like all the spiders into like nondescriptive jelly blob thingies. Uh, never used that mode, but it is really cool that it's there for those that need it because of their very severe arachnophobia. Which seriously, that is like if you have like any kind of phobia, that sucks. So anything in terms of accessibility that can help with that is really freaking cool. So, you know, kudos to Gorilla for adding those features to the game. So even if you don't have buy even if you don't buy the DLC, this is just a patch feature. So this has been added to the game to make it more accessible to a whole lot of people. Kudos, Gorilla. Kudos. Um I wanted to end on in, uh, on on a couple of news articles, one maybe not so nice, and one on a on a bit of a better note. Um, so as so of course we're ending with Nintendo. Uh, if you've been following the this very specific news, uh, this is about a, a person uh, who was a part of a hacking group who uh, called Team Executor that were selling ways to hack your Switch so that you can do homebrew stuff with it. But we all know what people do when it comes to hacking consoles. Yes, there are those that use it for exactly that, homebrew stuff. There are also those that use it for non-legal things, such as pirating games. And, well, would you know it? They caught one of the hackers. Uh, I can't even call him that. Uh, a man named Gary Bowser. This was back in like 2022, February 2022. Um, he got sentenced to 40 months in prison. Uh, and uh, he got sentenced to 40, 40 months in prison, but also has to pay Nintendo back uh, $14 million? Uh, dollars, which uh, I can tell you right now is going to be a long time before he pays that off. And even then, I don't even think that he's going to be able to pay it off. Because yeah, uh, he was part of a he was part of Team Executor, and they were able to catch him um, because he was, I think, living in Canada, and he got extradited um, to the states. 
or maybe he did get sentenced in Canada. I don't know. Um, the article is not that clear on that one. But what is clear is that um, they recently released him. And basically, he still has to pay Nintendo back. And they're just going to take 25 to 30% of his like monthly gross income from for the rest of his life now. Just so that just so that they can make an example out of this guy to be like, don't do hacking, don't do piracy. That is very like that is very disappointing. Um because he was just a guy working for the team. He wasn't even like the main guy. The main guy apparently lives in France, and France does not have an extradition, doesn't have an extradition uh uh, deal with like the US. So they did catch him in France. But they and they tried to try him, but the judge was like, yeah, no. Uh people should be allowed to like mod their consoles. Or something like that. Something in the something in the weird vein of that. So they let him go. And they didn't extradite him to the U.S. Because, again, they don't have an extradition treaty with the U.S. So, yeah. That dude is not ever going to go to the States ever again. Lest he gets picked up by TSA. Um, so, yeah. Now, Gary Bowser has to pay for his, the rest of his life. Because he was a part of this. He was a part. He was, like, a part of a three-man team on this one. And he didn't even make that much money off of it. The most he made out of it was 300000 So having him have to pay $14 million is, gotta say, a little much, which kind of sucks. Um, I get that they want to make an example out of him, but I feel like they could have at least eased up a little bit, make it a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> A little bit more, like, we get it, right? Everybody gets it. Doesn't change the fact that piracy still happens. To this day. Like, even on Switch, it still happens. So, has it changed anything? No. So, they really shouldn't have gone after this guy this hard, just to make an example out of it. But yeah, those are the things that do happen, unfortunately, in the... And it... You know, like, not everybody agrees with it, and I don't really agree with... I mean, I agree with getting punished for something that you're not supposed to do, but sometimes you have to wonder, like, does the punishment fit the crime, especially for, like, what they were involved with? Just because you couldn't get your hands on the main guy, now this guy has to, like, suffer the consequences? It doesn't feel right. At least not entirely. Um, and that kind of and that really sucks because the dude's name is Gary Bowser. So it just makes it super weird. Also considering the fact that the president of Nintendo of America is called Doug Bowser. They are not related to each other, and yet their both last name is Bowser. Which I have to believe is either a very common last name now, or just very coincidental that their both last names name is Bowser. Um, but yeah, I don't want to leave it on a sour note. I do want to leave it on a more fun note. 
So sticking with Nintendo, they did recently have a indie show, uh, indie world showcase, where they showed off a bunch of uh, games. Um, some of them new, some of them we already knew about that have an original official release date. Um, I'm just gonna talk about a few of the highlights that they showed off. Uh, one of the games that they showed off was a really cute, cute little game called Mineko's Night Market, uh, which is a 2D very very pretty like watercolor style uh game that focuses on japanese mythology of uh of cats um and you play as a character called mineko and there's this night there's this night market <laughs> hence mineko's night market um that you frequent and explore and like you talk to characters it's kind of point and clicky um and yeah, it's coming out September 26th on Switch and also on PC, which is really cool. Uh, there is a new Time At game coming from the developers from Nighttime at Portlandia. Am I saying that right? Is that, I know of the game. I've just never played it. Um, the developers, Spartia Games, uh, the new game is My Time at Sandrock which takes place in like a desert place because it was inspired by uh, the Gobi Desert. Uh, it looks pretty cool. My time at Porsche. Damn it. That's the one. Um, it looks pretty cool. It's coming out this summer on Switch. Uh, there is an early access on Steam. So if you want to if you want to try it before you get it on Switch, you can get it on Steam on early access. Um, there was another cool game that was announced and looks so freaking cool. So, if you all know Crypt of the Necrodancer and uh, Cadence of Hyrule, yeah, the developers are making a new game called Rift of the Necrodancer. It is so cool. It looks different than, than any other. Like, so, Cadence of Hyrule is basically Crypt of the Necrodancer, but with a Zelda skin and like a whole bunch of like Zelda love. This is. Like it almost feels like a love letter to games like Guitar Hero and surprisingly Rhythm Tengoku. Like there's like mini games in there that really remind me of Rhythm Rhythm Heaven or Rhythm Paradise or well in Japanese Rhythm Tengoku. Um, and it looks really cool. Like the battles are like on this like three lane highway. Um, so instead of like a full fret, it's like three buttons. Uh, kind of like Guitar Hero, and then you have these mini games that really are reminiscent of uh, Rhythm, 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 Her Heaven, Rhythm, Paradise. Uh, it is coming out uh, this year, I think. Yeah, it's coming out this year. Uh, no date yet. Just an an the announcement trailer. Like, check it out. Like, seriously, Rift of the ne Necrodancer. Check out the trailer. You're gonna love it. Um, so yeah, brace yourself. Games is really on a roll. Uh, they showed off Animal Well, which is being published by uh, Donkey, uh, by Donkey's uh, development studio. I forget what it's called again. Uh, Big Mode? Yeah. So it looks pretty interesting. Kind of looks like what what you would think like an advanced Atari game would look like. If you, if you kind of understand what I'm saying, like yeah, you see the scan lines and like the artwork is very detailed and very cool, very somber looking. Um, that should be coming out early next year 
on Switch, so that's gonna be cool. I'm pretty sure it's also coming out on PC. So yeah, if you if you feel like eh, you don't want to do that on Switch, you can do that too. Um, Tesla Grad is getting a sequel, which is pretty cool. Tesla Grad Two. Uh, uh, when is that coming out again? Uh, there is no date for that one yet, but it has been announced. Oh, and they released a remaster for... No, wait. They actually dropped that today. Uh, sorry, not today, but when they announced it, it got dropped. Sorry. There was, there was a lot of freaking games in here. Um, yeah, just one more thing that I want to talk, talk about, and that is a sequel to Oxen Free that also got announced. Um, it, it got a re... Oh, wait. It got announced. It got uh, delayed. Now it has a solid release date. Which is coming out July twelfth. Uh, so that's pretty cool. It looks interesting. I never played Oxen Free one, um, but Oxen Free two looks really good. It's called Oxen Three Loop Two Lost Signals. So if you enjoyed Oxen Free one and if you've been looking forward to the sequel, there's the date. Put it in your calendar, and uh, yeah, that uh, that was it for the indie world. I think I missed a couple of games, but. You can look that up, of course, uh, on any uh, platform. Uh, if you were if you were uh, watching it live, then you might have seen a bunch of the stuff. And you know, some things will be to your taste. Some things will be to your liking. Not everything will be to your liking, of course. Uh, even for me, so there was stuff in there. I was like, okay. Um, one of the things that was cool they they showed off a bunch of like. Updates coming to games like Cult of the Lamb is getting DLC that's free. Uh, and a little game called A Little to the Left is also getting some DLC. Uh, I haven't played uh, A Little to the Left yet or Cult of the Lamb, but I have seen people play Cult of the Lamb a lot. A Little to the Left, I don't, I haven't really seen people play it, but it does look fun. Plus, it features a cat, so you know, instant like instant like. Good, good on you. <laughs> um, but it's like this very zen puzzle game. Um, so if you're into that kind of gaming, you know, it's getting some DLC and some love. So give that a check. But uh, that is going to be it for me. Uh, thank you so much for being with me again today. This has, this is a relatively short episode for this week. Um, but for the next one, it'll be a bit longer, I hope. And if I timed it correctly, it should come out uh, either the week before or the week during my Zelda week. So if you're interested in that, you can always catch me, of course, uh, on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash MaximilianX, as always, um, where I'll be uh, streaming some Zelda action with Tears of the Kingdom. I cannot wait. I am so excited for that. Um, but other than that, you will catch a new episode again around that time as well. Uh, and you can always find us, of course, at our home on Spotify. Uh, our, you can find us anywhere. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Podcast, you name it, we're probably there. Um, you can always contact me on Twitter, uh, at Maximilian or, uh, game underscore rivals underscore. You can also catch me on Instagram, which is at Maximilian underscore X. 
you can also email us feedback uh, through, you know, the email, which is uh, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. And I think that is it. Oh, and of course, you can catch us on YouTube, which is youtube.com at gamerivals. So with that in mind, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you all or hope to capture your attention next time. I've been an always will be Maximilian X and I'll see you all next time. Later.